0: You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com.
2: Tell it like it was
3: and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you. Brought to you by the good
2: folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at LuckyMojo.com. So now...
4: Without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield.
1: Good
5: evening to each and every one of you. I am Professor Charles Porterfield, and hoodoo is my business. Well, welcome once again to the Now You Know Show. And what a week we have had this last week.
3: This week was uh, Yom Kippur, and so of course I was away in prayer and fasting, and it was a
4: good fast, let's just
3: say that, and uh, a a very happy uh, autumnal equinox to all of those of you who follow it and a profitable eid to those of you who have gone on the hajj and return well
4: well 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 we have
3: got mail this week
4: let me tell
3: you what it seems that last week's show lit a wee bit of a fire and there are a few folks out there and so they all uh, ran this week and took to their wee electronic tapewriters and sent us in some wee mail so we're going to read some of it live in on here. Oh, aye. We're going to be doing that. But
5: for
3: let us say propriety's sake, we will allow all of these wonderful messages that we've received this week to remain anonymous. So, have no fear. Uh, we received this letter, uh, and it says, uh, Dear Professor Porterfield, I and mine so enjoy uh, your show, but could you please stop doing so many Silly voices and the answer is no so thank you for your inquiry anonymous and uh, we hope that answered your question let's see what else we had we had a number of letters this week which I won't go into all of them because they they all kind of fall into a similar a similar a similar character they could all be filed in the same filing drawer as it were, and so they all run something like this. Who the hell do you think you are to have said what
4: you said last week about 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 how people
5: should not um what was it again yeah about how people should not um, drink, sure. Oh, 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 that, uh, who the hell do, 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 do you think you are?
3: With many apologies to Foster Brooks. Um, well, I said what I said, and I stand by it, and I suggest that go back to the archives and listen to last week's show to hear what all of the hoopla is about. We then received a smaller, a much, much smaller number of letters this week, which again, I won't read them all individually because they can all be filed into pretty much the same filing drawer. And they all run something like this. Like, dear Professor... Porterfield, man why would you like say stuff like that man about like people like smoking weed and stuff while they're doing spiritual work because i feel so much more spiritual when i do marijuana all the time and i have a cat and, and his name is tibbles and so he's got kind of, he's really orange you know and he's like really like kind of orange you know white together like creamsicle but it he tastes like a cream creamsicle. But anyway, I was listening to your show and, like, man, fuck you, okay? Like, we need to, like, totally have more of that. So we had those two big kind of segments of discussion this week. And believe it or not, I want to thank each and every one of you. Uh, who did take the time to send me a a private message and tell me where I could stick it. And and I have not. I I, I have not. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't do that. Sorry. You just have to keep that in your own imagination. So anyway, that was the week it was. And so without further ado, speaking of the week and the news, we're going to go over... To the LMC Newsroom and Chet Brink.
5: Good evening. This is Chet Brink with the news. Today is Thursday, September 24th, the 267th day of 2015. There are 89 days until winter begins and 98. Tomorrow are not particularly auspicious days for any activity. Once again, today and tomorrow are not particularly auspicious days for any activity. Today's highlight in history comes to us from 1890, when the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Wilford Woodruff, wrote a manifesto renouncing the practice of plural marriage or polygamy. Also on this date, in 1789, President George Washington signed a Judiciary Act establishing America's federal court system and creating the post of Attorney General. In 1869... Thousands of businessmen were ruined in a Wall Street panic known as Black Friday after financiers Jay Gould and James Fiske attempted to corner the gold market. In 1929, Lieutenant James H. Doolittle guided a consolidated NY-2 biplane over Mitchell Field in New York in the first all-instrument flight. In 1948, Mildred Gillers, accused of being Nazi wartime radio propagandist Axis Sally, pleaded not guilty in Washington, D.C. to charges of treason. Gillers, later convicted, ended up serving 12 years in prison. Also on this date, in 1960...
6: Hey kids, what time is it? Howdy, Buffalo Bob. Well,
4: howdy there, Mr. Duty. And boys and girls at home and all my kids in the gallery. Let's go. Yeah.
5: That's right, the Howdy Doody Show ended a nearly 13-year run with its final telecast on NBC in 1960. In 1976, former hostage Patricia Hearst was sentenced to seven years in prison for her part in a 1974 bank robbery in San Francisco carried out by the SLA. Hearst was released after 22 months by receiving clemency from then-president of the United States, Jimmy Carter. In 1988, members of the Eastern Massachusetts Episcopal Diocese elected Barbara C. Harris, the first female bishop in the church's history. Today's LMC birthday wishes go out to rhythm and blues singer Sonny Turner of the Platters, who is 76, Singer Barbara Brown of the Angels is 75. Singer Phyllis Jigs Sirico, also of the Angels, is 73. Singer Jerry Mardson of Jerry and the Pacemakers is 73 as well. News anchor Lou Dobbs, 70. Actor Gordon Clapp, 67. Songwriter Holly Knight, 59. Actor Kevin Sorbo, 57. Actress Megan Ward, 46. Singer-musician Marty Sintron of No Mercy, 44. And actor Kyle Sullivan is 27. Our thought of the day comes from Baruch Spinoza, Dutch philosopher, born 1632, died 1677, who said, Do not weep, do not wax. Indignant. Understand. This has been the news from the LMC Radio Newsroom, read by Chet Brink, and we now turn you over to Professor Porterfield and the Lucky Numbers. Lucky number, oh, I'm dreaming of
6: lucky numbers, hoping that those lucky numbers. Yeah. Will show for me. Number's only show for you and me. Superstitious. Or even make me suspicious. Table with thirteen dishes. If you will make me. May you please. Having Hey, that's mommy. Yeah. Yeah, man. We're well, all right, Put my truck in good for of dust. Oh,
5: yes, and just like
4: the Nicholas Brothers, you know that someday it may rain, so you need to put a little
3: away, and that's why we're here to help give you the lucky numbers each and every week. This week's lucky numbers come to us from ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not stop on by and take a look? And they are 12, 19, 27, 33, 34, and 47. Once again, those numbers are 12, 19, 27, 33, 34, and 47. And I have to tell you that those numbers are particularly auspicious this week. They came to me in a dream. I'm not joking. This week's lucky three digit numbers are 117, that's 117, 32, that's 632, and 898, eight, a real hot one. And that is 898. The card of the week is the Five of Diamonds, a meadow of flowers, rewards from wise choices, abundance. This week we see profits coming in from last week's teamwork and partnerships. This is a week to be careful. But, about, but to go ahead and enjoy the wealth and proceeds that you have gained through hard work and smart decisions. Pamper yourself a little this week, but be careful not to overspend. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get the numbers and cards when they first come out. And if you hit, remember where you get. Till then, good luck to you all. Up next, The professor's pontification. This week, we're going to be talking about evil speech. I'm afraid we have no winner on our first name-it-and-claim-it tonight. That was Kid Creole. That's right, Kid Creole and the coconuts with Stool Pigeon. Ha-cha-cha-cha. And that leads us into tonight's Professor's Pontification. And our topic is Evil Speech. Or, who said what said they said? Tonight, we're going to talk about what uh, me and mine call Loshan Hara, evil speech, gossip. But, we're going to talk about it in a much larger sense. In the magical community, and this certainly is in no way limited to the hoodoo and rootwork community. But in magical and spiritual communities, we have a festering little problem. Now, we've talked about some of the bigger problems. We've talked about some of the mountainous things and some of the dire problems and some of the things that, quite frankly, if we don't address it, we're all in some serious shit. But this, eh... It's not as big a thing. It's far more creeping. So this is not a mountain. This is the plain, if you will. And what this is, is at its simplest form, good old-fashioned gossip. Now, I'm not going to get on my horse and tell you that I don't gossip and that I've never gossiped. Of course I have. And of course you have. And of course we all have. And we all do. It's a part of who we are. We gossip for a number of different reasons. Sometimes we quote-unquote gossip because we honestly want news. And we don't necessarily have contact to the people that we're wanting the news on. Or we've lost touch with them and others haven't. And we just want to hear what's going on. Hey, what's going on with them? Then sometimes we engage in gossip because we want that cheap little thrill of knowing that someone else is doing worse than we are. Oh my God, did you hear what happened? Then sometimes we engage in gossip because what we've heard is so fucking outrageous that we honestly can't keep it to ourselves. And this is where gossip stops being gossip. This is where gossip starts to turn into news or warning because someone's done something, because something's happened, because something's coming down the pike. If, as an example, um, a major website or a major money handler or a major communications provider were to suddenly stop offering services to those in the spiritual community, because they are spiritual workers, and we were to start telling that to each other. You know, oh, my God, did you hear what they did? Did you hear what they did? That wouldn't be gossip. That's news. Gossip becomes true gossip, harmful gossip, when it becomes evil speech. And there is a shitload of this in our community. I mean, a metric fuck ton. I mean, this is going on all the time, Okay. Because we've got camps. So this topic is a little broader than just the evil speech. The evil speech happens for reasons, people. And one of the reasons is we've got all these fucking camps. Camp A, Camp B, the loyal opposition of, and then the hated friends of, and then the we will never, and then the I vow not to's, all off in their... Little bulwarks just doing their trip, okay? Not talking to each other and staring and peering out at each other and refusing to cross the line. And then some asshole does something, and boom, we've got gossip. But
6: why is it gossip with who, did? Well,
3: it kid? I don't know who lets you in here every week, but I'll tell you what it's got to do with hoodoo. First of all, what has it got to do with hoodoo? So important is this issue to hoodoo that we have an entire set of spells, tricks, products, oils, powders, candles, you name it, to stop it. So, that right off the bat is the first thing it's got to do with hoodoo. I'll tell you, kid, the first thing it's got to do with hoodoo is that gossip is a major big deal. Okay? And it's a big enough deal that people hire root workers, hoodooists, conjure doctors to stop gossip. So how can you not know that we're going to talk about this? You know, like you can go right now and buy you some Stop Gossip products. Stop Gossip sachet powder, Stop Gossip incense, Stop Gossip oil, Stop Gossip candle. All right? So, well, there must be something to stop. Because there are a ton of other human failings that we as people have. And and you don't see a, a lot of incense powders about it, you know? I mean, seriously. And gossip's a fairly specific yet broad, quote-unquote, sin. But, you know, we do things to keep fidelity, but you don't see and to end infidelitous behavior. But when was the last time you saw a stop adultery oil? think about it. We have money, stay with me, and we have products to deal with a thief and tricks to deal with a thief, but how many times do you see a stop theft oil? What I'm trying to say here is that gossip is important in terms of the community And where hoodoo comes out of. Gossip destroys churches. Gossip makes people lose jobs. Gossip breaks up relationships. Gossip makes people poor. Gossip harms families. Gossip is important. Gossip is something to be dealt with. And if that were not true, we wouldn't have the products. And if it was just a generalized sort of thing, then we would have products for every kind of misstep that the human animal engages in. And we don't. We do for some, but we generally don't. We don't have a big plethora. You see what I'm saying? We have actions to take against those things. Gossip, gossip is more important. And you only have to spend about, oh, well, I'd guess between 12 minutes and 20 minutes inside any damn magical community or spiritual community before you go, holy shit, wow, these people gossip. Because they do. And again, so the fuck do I. I am not here tonight trying to pretend to be lily white and snow pure, and
5: saying, oh, no, no, I don't gossip. Oh, I gossip all the time.
3: We all do. However, I am here as... Uh, hello, <laughs> I'm my name's Professor Charles Porterfield, and I'm a gossip. This is like an AA meeting now. I am here, however, to say that it is something that becomes problematic. Because... It has of itself a character, a nature, that spreads. And what I mean by that is not that gossip spreads. Certainly gossip spreads. That's how gossip works. I mean that it leads to other actions and other problems in our community. And I'm going to try to cover a few of these. And I do, by the way, interrelate these to gossip. And I'll tell you why in a bit. This is the same sort of action that is partners with, that lives in the same neighborhood block as plagiarism, that lives in the same block as not being open about where you got your materials from which isn't necessarily plagiarism. Plagiarism is different. That's where I take something whole cloth and say it's mine. This is more where I just say and don't say where I got from. But I don't attribute it to myself. Vicious attack. Vicious attack is also a part of gossip. Why do I say those things are part and parcel of this? Because what happens is we start to take this little delight, all right? This is the delight in the fall of others. There's a really long German word for it, Schadefreuden. And, you know, it happens. We've all again been there. Certainly, it is easy to take delight in the failings or fallings of those who have done wrong by you. That makes a kind of sense almost. You've been hurt, and now you're seeing them get back. And I'm not telling you that that's not a part of hoodoo. Of course it's a part of hoodoo. In fact, it's a big part of hoodoo. To have redress. To have redress. Against those who have harmed you, oppressed you, stolen from you. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is when it becomes a generalized delight, all people's fallings. Meaning, the person in question that's being discussed hasn't done anything against you. They haven't hurt you. They haven't harmed you. They haven't besmirched your reputation. They haven't made you look foolish. What they've done is just something silly on their own. And rather than going to that person and saying to them, you look silly, or you're doing something wrong, or you're doing something outrageous, and I'm your friend, please don't, you know, hey, consider this. Instead, it gets spread around. Oh, my God, did you see that hat that she wore? Why do we do this? Why do we do this? And why is this so prevalent in spiritual communities perhaps more than any other community well I have some theories I don't know that they're correct in fact perhaps I should say I have some hypotheses and they haven't been proven out yet to be theories I think part of it is because there's a lot of very aggressive response in some spiritual communities. Meaning, people who become spiritual workers do so for a reason. They are not without their own established successes and intelligences. And a lot of spiritual workers do not take well To even someone nicely or with true care saying to them, hey, the thing you just did over here, or you're looking stupid, or I wouldn't have. So I think ego, for lack of a better word, has something to do with it. I think also there's a perceived peace that doesn't exist. There's this idea of, well, we all need to get along. Certainly, we see this in churches, and certainly gossip runs rampant in in the church, in the mosque, and in the synagogue. Gossip is queen. Absolutely, there's no question about that. And I think some of that comes from this concept that, well, we're all peaceful, and I don't want to break the peace, and I don't want to whatever. I think also then gossip sometimes has to do with frustration. In fact, I think gossip often, except where there are hurt feelings, hurt feelings are the leading cause of gossip. This person hurt me, and now I kind of want to have a ha-ha on them. I think outside of that, I think outside of hurt feelings, the number one cause of gossip is a kind of shock a kind of, what the hell do I do? My God, did you hear? Did you see the the, ridiculous? Then they went over, and then they had the, and there were strippers, strippers, strippers. They had strippers at that child's bat mitzvah, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And did you see when they did the thing with the orange, and Mike couldn't believe it. And oh, my God, and they were, and the thing is, and he was giving 15-minute tarot card readings for, or whether it's inside the magical community where there's more or whether it's in the hoodoo and rural community where it's the size of fucking Everest. The brain is so shocked, so numbed, so muted that, that its first response is to go to someone else that it thinks might, you know, it's sort of like, did I actually see that? Did that actually happen? Have you heard about this outrage? Now certainly, there are a number of people who how eh, do I don't want to put this? They get off, man, I mean seriously, they get off on being outraged they they like it, you know, they like to be outraged, and they'll find something to outrage them, and it takes nothing to outrage them, and these are not people who are quote fighting the good fight. these are people that are just outraged they'll they'll be outraged you know that you did long division and had a remainder. You know, I mean, it doesn't fucking matter. These are not people that are truly trying to make a change, say socially within their communities or for the greater good, or because they were truly offended or were truly uh, besmirched or oppressed. No, no, no. They just get off on outrage. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about legitimate outrage. I'm talking about legitimate shock where you just see this thing and you go, what the fuck is this? And then there's a final component that I see sometimes in magical and spiritual communities, which again is much larger than just my little hoodoo community. And that is that there is a kind of slinking, sneakingness to some people. And since people primarily make up spiritual workers, you get a lot of it. And this is this kind of a thing where, huh, I'd rather do my business underhandedly. I want to go back and address something I said earlier about speaking plain and just coming out and talking to people and that ego that seems to keep it from happening. Not that the individual has the ego and so they won't say it, but you can't say it to the person who did whatever. We have a really serious problem in our community. I'm talking about the hoodoo community right now. Although it is certainly in existence in the larger spiritual community, particularly in the witchcraft community, and that is this, and I'm going to tell you how it relates to gossip here at the end. We have a lot of very very very, very aggressive people i mean a aggressive people who you cannot talk to. In any other way than a soothing, petting, yes your nibs, no your nibs,
4: oh of course, oh absolutely.
3: And if you were to speak out against them, even in a, a, a counseling way, or even in a friendly way, the fire of God would rain down on you. These people lose their minds, and not only do they lose their minds, they don't enough To do in their lives. They've got too much time on their hands. What do I mean by they've got too much time on their hands? I mean that these sons of bitches will make you their pet-ass project to destroy. Because no fucking reason. You didn't actually do anything. Maybe you said, I disagree with you about this. Maybe you said... Uh, that's wrong. In other words, you didn't engage in gossip. You came forward, and you said, this thing you put together and that you're telling everybody just isn't true, and you can't back it up, and, you know, let's talk about this as people. Uh Uh-uh. No, no, we can't talk about it as people. What I can do, though, is I can make you my own little personal
6: pet project
3: to fuck over. How far will people go? People will set up Tumblr accounts. People will make Facebook pages. People will start Google circles. People will make Yahoo groups. People will use up more bandwidth than they use communicating, educating, teaching, and working just to fuck you over. People will crawl all the way to the line of outright libel and slander. And if they think you don't know what libel and slander are, or if they think you can't afford a lawyer, they'll drive right across that line in a goddamn Sherman tank. Now why do I bring this up? A, I bring it up because it's a goddamn problem. Maybe we should stop doing that shit. And if you're doing that shit, please stop. But there's another reason I bring this up. Because this behavior creates gossip. What? What? How the hell does that behavior create gossip? Have you gone out of your mind, Professor Porterfield? What are you talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. If you have a community or a group of people or a general rule of thumb that says if we communicate, if I criticize you, if I not call you out, I'm not talking about calling you I'm not talking about I go in, I make a post about what a son of a bitch you are, and how your mother's a whore. Not that, no. I just disagree with you. Or if I say, I don't think what you're doing is necessarily A-OK, or, hey, have you considered this, or, hey, you're kind of leaving these people out, or whatever, that the response to that is totalist Craig, Total War, The Invasion of Poland. You know, I mean, you know, just fucking throw the troops in. You know, dun, da-da-da-dun, da-da-da-dun, bum, bum, that's the way we respond with just a nuclear strike into the world, death to everybody.
1: <laughs>
3: and I've got apparently I don't do spiritual work because I've got plenty of time on my hands to do all this other shit to fuck you over. Guess what? Pretty soon nobody talks in public. Pretty soon nobody says anything except behind the scenes. Except to each other. Quietly. Fucking real quietly. Why? Because you fucking gotta! You fucking gotta! And if I didn't bring this up, I'd be a part of the goddamn problem rather than a part of the goddamn solution. Because my, 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 wouldn't I be high and white to drag my ass along and say, well, you all gossiping and you all gotta stop gossiping. Why y'all gossiping all the time? Gossip, gossip, gossip." Motherfucker, if you can't raise your voice getting somebody's dedicated boot up your ass, you're going to keep your voice down. And that's the problem that we have. And that's one of the leading causes of gossip in our community. Not in the whatever community, not in the I don't give it the episcopal church, I don't know. No, I'm talking about our community. <laughs> Is that we have got A lot of bruiser dogs who are just ready.
6: I'm
3: ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to fuck you over. I'm ready to fuck you over if you say boo to me. If you say anything other than yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir, I'm ready. And they mean fucking ready. I'm ready to start Tumblr accounts. I'm ready to start Google circles. I'm ready to fucking start a dedicated web server. I'm ready to have Yahoo groups. I'm ready to make a Facebook page. I'm ready to go on radio shows. I'm ready to live broadcast. I'm ready to make YouTube videos. I am ready to engage in every kind of skullduggery, every kind of libel, Every kind of slander, I am ready to fuck you over because you said something that I didn't like. Not you were outrageous, not you crossed the Nile, not you tried to oppress me, rob from me, thieve from me, not you openly disrespected me. No, you, you said something I don't like. And because you said something I don't like, I'm willing to destroy you, your family, your friends, your colleagues, your co-workers, people that nod to you in the street instead of spitting on you because I want you spit on. And I'm willing to do that. Subsequently, what happens is people keep their goddamn mouths shut and assholes get away with whatever they want to do, or people learn to talk behind closed doors. And what does that lead to? Gossip. And it grows. And soon it stops being people trying to just talk about what they can't talk about in public, and it actually starts to progress into full-blown evil speech, making crap up and it becomes part of the problem. So what we have here is two problems intersecting. Then we have the third problem, which is that secrecy breeds more kinds of secrecy and deceit and lying. And we've talked about those types before on the show, the gambler and the rambler, the joker, in which you have outright lying, outright intellectual theft, and it just grows and grows and grows until, as far as I'm concerned, it all falls under the heading of evil speech. What can we do about it? The first thing we can do about it is we can stop playing to it. We can stop accepting that this is correct behavior. Not just the gossip, but the behavior that leads to the gossip. We, as a group, as a community, can stand up and say, I am not going to engage in this behavior. Now, obviously the response comes, yeah, but they still are, and they can still destroy me. Well, let me tell you something. No, they can't. Here's the secret. No, they can't. Goddamn words. These people can't actually destroy you. They can harass you, and that's what they're doing. They're harassing you. They can harass you. They can make you miserable, but they can't destroy you. And if enough of us, if enough of us said, we're not going to put up with it, every time one of our own did it, it would soon end. Because either A, people would calm down and go, oh, wait, man, my best friend just told me that I was acting up. I I may... Whoa, 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 whoa. Or B, they'd just burn themselves up because they would be little isolated pockets of magnesium waiting to go off. Can stop this. And in turn, we can thus decrease the gossip. Are we ever going to get rid of gossip? God, no. Come on. Once again... They're products. They're freaking products to deal with gossip. Okay? They're products to deal with gossip. Alright? Gossip is again one of these small failings that people engage in. Alright? They there ain't no stop lie, Candle. Have you seen a stop lying candle? Have you seen have you seen uh uh slowly wean off masturbation oil? No, not that I happen to think masturbation is a sin, but other people do. We can stop this, but only we can stop this. This is something that's completely internal. This is a situation where we have to be leaders. And let me clue you in on one other thing. When you gossip... And I mean tell tales here. When you tell tales on other people, not warnings. Warnings are different. If you know somebody's a fraud and you tell somebody else, hey, don't go to them. They're a fraud and here's how I know this. That's That's different. But when you tell tales, the people that you told the tale remember that you told the tale. And then they start saying, well, I wonder if he'll tell a tale on me. Etc., 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 and the one thing you don't want is for that to become your reputation amongst your clientele. If your clients start thinking you as a teller of tales, they'll know that they cannot trust you with their information, or they'll just be coming to you for the tales. And you can actually make some good money as a professional gossip. So we have to stand up, and we have to stop this. We have to stop the aggressive response to each other. We have to stop with the dedicated destruction. We have to be willing, able, and ready to have adult conversations with respect, with decent manners, with concern. We have to be able to talk to each other and say, you're charging too much, you're charging too little, the thing you did over here, please tell me where I'm going. One wave lifts all ships. We can aid each other, or we can tear each other down. And if we keep up with this, which, by the way, it's been going on forever, do I think that I'm even going to make a fire break tonight against gossip? God, no! No! (laughs) No, this has been going on forever and a day. Once again, that's why there are products for it. It's going to continue. But if we don't rein it in, and the aggressive behavior, well, we can destroy our own little community. And another one will take place. There'll still be a hoodoo community. Well, not our hoodoo community, or whatever hoodoo community you're in that you're listening to my voice right now is not the only one. There are multiple ones. In fact, there are six people listening to me right now, and each one of them is a member of six different hoodoo and root Work and conjure communities. And those two communities, those six communities, those seven communities don't interact too much. But you can destroy your own little community. Oh, absolutely. All you have to do is cheat, and lie, and fuss, and fight, and be ready, always be ready, with the knife to slide it in when they turn around. And if that's what you want, well, you're not spiritual
1: workers. You're just backstabbers.
3: Broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the LMC Radio Network in the Vanguard.
0: LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Work Hour, hosted by Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, Sunday, 3 to 4.30. Candelo's Corner, starring Candelo Cambisa, Monday, 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour, hosted by John St. Germain, Tuesday, 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesday, 6 to 7. Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Wednesday 5 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursday 6 to 7.30, and On Sacred Ground with Kai Mon, Saturdays noon to 3. All time specific at 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com.
3: Thank you, Troll Towelhead Chief Engineer here at the LMC Radio Network for that update. And we have some breaking news. That's right, folks. Breaking news. We are proud to announce, very, very, very proud to announce that now on Wednesdays, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, on Sacred Ground with Kai Armand will be being broadcast. That's right, folks. Kai Armand is moving from Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern to Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. So be sure and note that down. And also, also liquid libations, liquid libations with our own Andrea Weston is going to be moving to Saturday nights. That's right. So, once again, Liquid Bly is going to be on on Saturdays, and On Sacred Ground is going to be moving to Wednesdays. They traded, folks. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that fantastic? Let's hear a cheer from the crowd. All right. Up next, a little segment I like to call...
6: Secrets of Scriptural
3: Sorcery! But before we go over to the secrets of scriptural sorcery, friends, we have someone here to say a few words about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company. And I have to tell you that this week, uh, yesterday, in fact, I was shocked and pleased. ...to see this gentleman at shul. When I was at uh, at the synagogue for my prayers for Yom Kippur... ...who happened to walk in but this man... ...I had no idea I should have... ...I should have known, of course... ...and Catherine will chastise me... ...that I should have known that he was a member of the tribe... ...and of course he was... ...and of course, apparently we go to the same temple... ...at least for High Holy Days. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado your friend and mine, Count Goulash.
4: Oh, hello, boys and girls. This is Count Goulash, here to talk to you about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. Oh, 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 it's so scary. Lucky Mojo, both an online magical shop And a real magical store That you can visit They carry a full line Of handmade spiritual supplies Including occult oils Incense, powders Candles, herbs Mojo bags, spiritual soaps Books And spell kits <laughs> For those who cast magic spells Love spells, money spells And protection spells in the African-American hoodoo, pagan magic, and other witchcraft traditions. Who am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about the Akimojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. Why not go there and visit them? Bring the children. They love watching the model railroad as it goes around and around, and around, and around, luring you deeper and deeper into hypnotic sleep until all you can hear is the sound of my voice. And meditation before going into Wakimojo <laughs> and browsing the aisles and looking at the thousands upon thousands of products they have from all over the world. Whoa, <laughs> oh, yes, that's the Wakimojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. But if you can't get there in person. Don't worry. You can go and see them online at www.luckymojo.com and spend hours. Upon hours in your darkened room, slowly peering over their catalog at all of their amazing magical products. So once again, that is the Lucky Mojo Curio Company at 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California, or online at www.luckymojo.com. Tell them, count.
6: Gula
4: Sentu,
6: <laughs> oh.
3: he's, he's amazing. I don't, I don't even know how he does that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> up next, secrets of scriptural sorcery. This week, we're going to be talking about dream books baby to say that was Gabriel Swain. Alright, now. Got that right. Next, it is not Sweet Dreams, baby. It is not Sweet Dream Baby. It is Dream Baby. Parenthetically also known as How Long Must I Dream? So uh salutes go out to Gabriel Swain, Catherine Ironwood, And I think that's it. Okay. Wow. Y'all jumped on that one. Tonight on the Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery Dream Books. And is the kid in here? No, he's not? Good. Because I knew he was going to jump up and say, you know, what do Dream Books have to do with Scriptural Sorcery? He's going to have to change his line. What do dreams have to do with Scriptural Sorcery? Well, You have to understand that dreams come to many in the Bible. Just a short list would include Jacob, Joseph, Solomon, and Pharaoh. There is a belief that while we sleep, God sends us messages, omens, warnings, through his ministering angel or via our ancestors, etc., and that they whisper truths in our ears while we sleep. It is said that a dream unexamined is like a letter unopened. And the Bible actually tells us of how to open that unopened letter. In Habakkuk 2, 2 2-3, it says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. And make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak, and not lie. Through it, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So, in other words, dreamed prophecies, warnings, And such are gifts from God and after waking up we should say a prayer of thanks for receiving the dream and then write it down on a sheet of clean paper so that it can later be understood and acted upon and if the images are unclear to you the dream can be deciphered with the help of a dream book now dream books where do dream books come from well Dream books are very old indeed. And in fact, we see them not only in the 19th century and in the 18th century, but even before. We see them during the Victorian era, certainly, and even further back. We have tables and books of the meanings of certain dreams that may come to a person amongst the Greeks, and then finally, perhaps some of the earliest that we have, is we have interpretations of dreams written down by the early Hebraic peoples, by the Jews. And also, in many of these situations that we're talking about, we see these dreams being associated with a single or a set of lucky or auspicious or fortuitous numbers, which obviously can therefore then be applied to gambling. Now, dream books, as we have them today, consist of alphabetical lists of dream images with short explanations or fortunes and a set of lucky numbers for gaming. Long embedded in the hoodoo tradition, they provide a key to the meanings of dreams and to aid in bedding And there are there are countless songs. Okay, I mean we have songs written about dream books by 20th century black blues musicians that are absolutely indicative of their value as essential tools in hoodoo and root work. I mean this is not up for debate here, kids. Okay? This isn't just some uh oh, we made it up and blah 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 and it doesn't exist and this there's you know, I don't care what your belief is. I don't care what your academic credentials are. But when you come in and say that something like this is fabricated, or something like this is made by quote-unquote marketeers, or when you say that this is all hogwash or nonsense, you're failing to see the vast cultural play of it. Let me stop right there and try to explain to you what I mean by that. When you have musicians making songs about things, And singing these songs, and getting these songs even recorded, you have to understand that this is a part of the culture. Musicians, in fact it's true of all artists, but particularly musicians, operate in an art that they must reach people with. The same is true perhaps of comedy but absolutely it's true of song. We sing songs about things that we relate to, that we know, that we experience, that other people will understand, that we sing it to, as well as hopefully it has a good beat and you can dance to it, but paid for it and become popular enough to record songs about something that your community is not involved with. So when we have traditional African-American blues musicians writing and singing songs about dream books in the 20th century, listen, pal, it was going on. And you don't get to come in now and put your foot into the face of the ancestors that you use as a club on everybody else to say, nah, 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 it's bullshit. If it was bullshit, it wouldn't be there. All right? And I, quite frankly, am getting sick and tired of these whatever they want to call themselves, who do police, I guess, coming in and doing this. All you all remind me of is fundamentalists who deny dinosaur bones.
6: Satan buried the dinosaur bones to test
3: our faith. Holy shit. Really? So in other words, the entire fabric of reality could possibly have been gamed by Satan to test our faith? I think we're going to lose that one. And that is exactly what this is. When people come in and they deny these things, they're acting the same way. In fact, maybe that's what we shall start calling them, or at least I shall. I am sick and tired of these hoodoo fundamentalists coming in and saying this stuff doesn't exist. One of the most popular of the dream books was the Pickem dream book, and it was written in 1954, four, excuse me, by the famed African American occult shop owner Raja Rabo, who was Carl Z. Tablet, Jr. And it is perhaps one of my favorites. The Ticket Dream Book has multiple meanings and numbers for its entries. So in other words, let me give you a little bit of this from Raja Rebo. If you were to dream of a Bible, Raja tells us that that signifies that your religious teachings will unlock the door of understanding. If you were to dream of a church, Raja Rebo tells us that it signifies that you should seek spiritual guidance and it will help you to renew your faith in something which you seem to have lost confidence in. But then, Roger Ebo also gives you a set of numbers that go with this. And so, as an example, again, under church, when we come to the numbers that you can bet with, you will find numbers not only for a church, but for a Catholic church, a Jewish church, a Baptist church, and even a church on
6: fire
3: if that had happened to be a part of your dream. And again, the first time we see this, the first time we see dreams being written down, there's not only a meaning associated to them. So in other words, it's, it means this, it means that, it may mean so and so. But also there's a set of numbers here which probably was not meant to be used for gambling. What was probably be, meant to be used was certain cabalistic disciplines we see in Judaic culture. So this dates back oh, a- 1800 years at least. And slowly then comes into the rest of the world and we see it in arabic cultures we see it in european cultures we see it then in american culture and we see it in the south and then we see it in hoodoo and there are a plethora of these dream books okay the three kings dream book the success dream book of course aunt sally's uh, the various dream books by uh, Raja Rebo, etc., cetera, etc., etc. And in case you think this is some little antiquated thing, these are still being put out. All right, I have uh, the last dream book that I bought. I haven't bought one in a while, but the last one I have is the 2014, 2014 edition of the original Lucky. Three wise men, a real combination, dream book and lottery selections, and this has horoscopes, science of numbers revealed, lotto and bolita selections, numbers, vibrations, master key systems, hitting records, calendar good for all state lotteries, okay, and it has names. what if you dreamed of a what if you dreamed of a woman? And her name was Phoebe. Okay, well, here she is. What if you dreamed of a man? What if you dreamed of a closet? Gasoline? A pocketbook? Now, these are very slim dream books. They don't actually have meanings after their individual dreams. So, in other words, if you happen to dream of an umbrella, all you get is a series of numbers, which you can use in a number of different ways. Uh, you get a general number, and then you also get a meaning number, and then you get three two-digit numbers. And so these these books still exist. This one was published in 2014. I guarantee you there's a 2015 edition. And they change. Okay? In other words, there's a master key system just for uh, 2014 in it. It's gonna. It's gonna. It will be different for 2013. It'll be different for 2015, the year we're in now. There are all straight hitting records of numbers that have hit well. There's numerology guides. There are horoscopes. All of this is in this book. And then, of course, in the middle, there are little ads for lucky coins, uh, a lucky elephant, who's a money pull, a lucky hand root. Lucky gamblers, mojo bags, pure spiritual oils, etc. What does this have to do with hoodoo? It has everything to do with hoodoo. What does it have to do with scriptural sorcery? It comes out of scriptural sorcery. That's where it comes from. This isn't just somebody got a hot idea and said, hey, if we attach you know, wheel numbers to dreams. And No, this comes from a deeper source. This comes out of Many things. And you find it in the Bible again and again. Joseph being delivered Joseph's dreams. And the number association that goes with Joseph's dreams. About seven years. Seven years of plenty. Seven years of famine. And how these dreams are sent to people. And how people have experiences that they're not sure are dreams or not. Did I actually see a ladder that went up to heaven or was it a dream? Did I actually wrestle with an angel or was it in a dream? But there's no distinction made because the dream is seen as reality, meaning it is a vision. It is given to you. It's not just some dream. Oh, I just had a dream. Dreams are terribly important in hoodoo. In fact, I will tell you that as a professional worker, when someone comes to me and they say to me, I'm jinxed. Jinxed as all jinx can be. I'm cursed. I'm under a dark cloud. Nothing goes right. My life's fallen to shit. I absolutely know. I've gone to another reader. I've gone someplace. They've confirmed to me that I am, in fact, cursed, jinxed. I've been done to. The first question I ask them is, when did you stop dreaming? When was the moment that you stopped dreaming? And if they say to me, oh, I still dream. I still have beautiful, wonderful dreams. I say, okay, baby, this is not going to be as bad as you thought. We're going to be able to get this off you pretty with relative ease. Otherwise, what they do is their eyes get big, their voices catch, and they go, oh, I stopped dreaming at about the same time. Of course you did. Because dreams are given to you by God and your ancestors. They ground you. They connect you. They give you information. They guide you. They give you warnings. They even give you lucky numbers. So this week, I would like you to go out and explore the fascinating world of dream books. You don't even have to just do it in terms of hoodoo. They go back into English Victorian era, Arabic culture, and Jewish culture. So go out and look that up. And as always, our information for the secrets of scriptural sorcery come to us each and every week from Hoodoo Bible Magic, Sacred Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery by Miss McHale and myself. And we thank her for its inclusion and use in the show each and every week. Up next, we're going to go into the kitchen and get ourselves some chicken. Well, I... I'm not sure. Everybody else may have eaten it. All that may be left is feathers. Oh, that's a tired old chicken.
2: i chicken Baby, I'm tired of steak Oh, have mercy I had a chill last night, wood Now I'm too tired to shake Have mercy, have mercy Play it now
3: Claim it was one without question on that one by Miss Catherine Ironwood. That was, in fact, Gus Cannon and Cannon's Jug Stompers with Tired Chicken Blues. And uh come in the kitchen here and looking around, and yeah, just like I thought, there ain't no chicken left, just a bunch of feathers. They They cooked it up and ate it up, and all we got left here is some black hen feathers. Well, that's okay. We'll get something to eat after the show. Might as well talk about black hen feathers. The tradition in the ATRs and DTRs of sacrificing chickens in certain religious rites may, note that word, may have mingled with tales of a fabled European Grimoire, a book on magic called The Black Pullet, to help create the hoodoo image of the powerful black hen. And the powerful black hen breaks, removes, and scratches up jinxes. The hen in question can be of almost any breed of chicken, uh, a black hamburg, black leghorns, uh, black bantams, black javas, Uh, Black Sumatras, uh, or even the most popular, which is the frizzled fowl, derived from these breeds. Black and white speckled hens, uh, such as the silver-laced winadots are also used for this work, but we're going to be talking about the black hens. So what about black hen feathers? Well, let's go back to that black frizzled hen for a moment. Country doctors used to, and still some still do, keep a black-frizzled hen or rooster in the yard to scratch up any messes or roots that have been thrown there against them. People who own such birds may loan them out to folks who are jinxed, letting the birds work for a month in the yard of the afflicted person. And the power of these birds is so well known that one old-time New Orleans root doctor was called the frizzled rooster because he specialized in taking off jinxes. And so you will see that to this day, that people will keep a black frizzled hen or rooster in their yard for that type of protective work. Now from that comes a rather obvious thing which is a root worker's black hen feather whisk. Some workers make a little whisk from black hen feathers or a whole dried black hen wing and use it to brush their troubled clients downwards from head to foot while smoking them in purified incense to help rid them of evil. I myself keep such a whisk. And it wears out. It does because they're just feathers, and you're doing quite a lot of brushing down with them, and I have to replace it every so many years. And so I have such. You can even get smaller such whisks from Lucky Mojo, just to name one. Or, if you can get a hold of the black hen feathers yourself, or rooster feathers, you can make one yourself, although it takes a little bit of skill. You can also use black hen feathers to make a down-home uncrossing powder. Now to do this doctors will burn black hen feathers to a fine ash and dust or blow it on jinxed clients to take off bad conditions Black hen feathers can also be used in a witch bottle a bottle containing devil's dung oh we've talked about that here before black head excuse me black hen feathers and the jinx victims urine is said to reverse evil back to the person who laid it upon them. You bury it under the doorstep or hide it in the chimney of the person who's done the work on you. A black hen feather bundle can be used to move a witch. If a witch is hurting you, tie nine black hen feathers together by their quills and hang them up where... This person will have to regularly walk under them, and they will soon move out. Furthermore, I myself have used this spell as a protection for a house by hanging the black hen feathers above the door of the house so that the witch could not easily enter the house. And you can do the same with your back door, windows, etc. So these are just a few uses of black hen feathers. And we've talked before on the show about the black hen egg. And so now here's our black hen come back. And so we welcome her back. And I hope that this week you'll go out and read up on that old black hen a bit and maybe find out what the black pullet was and see how that might interest you. Our information for the In the Kitchen section comes to us each and every week from Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic, A Materia Magica of African American Conjure by Miss Catherine Ironwood, and we thank her for its use and inclusion in the show each and every week. Well, well, well. What a time we have had. Uh Count Goulash was here with us, and uh thank you for that. Uh we had the news Had a little bit of music, had some fun, had some laughs. And we got to learn a little bit about dream books and black hen feathers. And again, to what I said in the pontification, we can make changes. We can. We can change and control our community in so much as being members of it. We need not simply be cast adrift into the eddies and currents of other people's ambitions and angers and petty jealousies. Only we can control that in ourselves. Perhaps that's my Yom Kippur message. I'd like to stay and talk to you more. Uh, Remember, we've got some big changes coming in the network uh, having some change rounds on days, so keep track of that. We're going to be having uh, some things come out for that very soon. And I'd like to talk to you about all sorts of stuff. I had some interesting ideas this week, but uh, Johnny's already left the booth, and they're closing down everything. The lights are going off in the hallway. Miss Loretta's standing by, Miss Loretta Evans from the Quimby First and Second Baptist Church standing by to say a few last
1: words after
3: everything the place is real quiet right now you can hear the water dripping in the water cooler down the hall I guess this is it I mean I
2: guess I guess this is the end
6: ah this
2: is not the end Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning.
1: I need food Texas, and go to Texas Cattle, and don't go back to food Worth. I'm on down to Dallas, Street, Carl, Kitty. coming am through the turtle in Kansas City, and Kansas City, and St. Chicago.